Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a blowout loss in Milwaukee, which was on the heels of a blowout loss in Sacramento. It's true. It's the first time this season that Denver has lost back-to-back games, both by double digits. They were absolutely smacked upside their head in Sacramento, 135-106. If you remember, and I'm sure you do, that was the second night of a back-to-back after getting that signature win over the Lakers in Los Angeles on Kobe Bryant's statue night. Um, I think it's fair to call that a schedule loss. I'm not giving them an excuse. They got ran off the floor, but you could kind of see that coming um, if you've been following this league uh, as long as I have. And then the one that's a little bit more inexcusable, um, not not a little bit more excusable, the one that is more uh, inexcusable, although it's a better opponent, it was the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee, a team that had actually been struggling really since Doc Rivers got the job. I mean, they were they really stumbled out of the gate, and actually that started in Denver, uh, where Denver put it on them, um, uh, one thirteen, one hundred seven. What put it on them? But uh, they they got that dub uh, in Denver just I don't know a week and a half ago or whatever it was. Uh, they were largely ran off the floor. I mean, this was a game where the final score says 112 to 95. It really wasn't that competitive. Um, If you actually watched the game and understood like the tone and tenor of the game, um, this is, uh, this was like, this was 60 to 44 at halftime. I mean, at one point, uh, late stages of the third, Milwaukee was up by 28 points. The Nuggets just didn't show up. I mean, one guy did. But that's about it. Uh, Nikola Jokic uh, did what he was able to do, being a solo act um, uh, in Milwaukee on Monday night, 29 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists on 13 to 25 shooting. He just didn't have any help. I mean, his his uh, the rest of his starters combined for 7 points at halftime. It was disturbing. Um, one of the things that, you know, one of my actual takeaways, I don't, I don't have some big overarching takeaway about this game. Why? Because... It didn't look like Denver wanted to be there. Didn't look like Denver was up to uh, 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 to the task. And Milwaukee was a motivated group that decided to buckle down defensively, held the Nuggets to under 100 points, and guys are now uh, leaving the lineup. Jamal Murray, KCP. I'll get back to the KCP thing in just a second because I think it's a pretty big deal. Um, I am not. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on breaking down a game that the players themselves didn't look like um, they were uh, interested in playing. It just doesn't make sense. And that's kind of how I've operated through the years here. I'm not going to get into the, uh, um, you know, uh, the, the trenches of the actual game um, where guys lacked competitive spirit. Just that's not a reflection of who this team actually is. Um, so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time on it. But a couple, couple things before we move on, because I, I got some other stuff I want to get to here. Um, I was actually pissed off. Uh, with, the, with the fact that Contavious Caldwell Pope played in this game. He had missed time with a hamstring injury. Guys, if you have any experience with a hamstring injury or follow these injuries or both, and now I'm raising my hand here, 
um, following these through the years and experiencing a legitimate hamstring injury, like you don't mess with that. You don't mess with that. The setbacks are real with a soft tissue injury like that. And you could tell within the first two to three minutes of the game that KCP wasn't right. Sorry, he shouldn't have played. So I don't know if that's him over-asserting himself with the training staff and saying, I want to go, I want to go, I'm ready to go. Or someone is telling him, you're ready to go. I don't really care what it was. He wasn't ready to go. I have a sample size of about a decade watching KCP play NBA basketball. He wasn't right. It took me about 120 seconds to see it. Um, and of course, he tweaks it after nine minutes. He leaves the game. And it's it's so dumb to me that, and I don't, I don't want to get too heavy-handed with it, but I think it's dumb because you have one more game after this before the All-Star break. One more game beyond the Milwaukee game before the All-Star break. Just shut them down, dude. Why are we obsessing about a game in Milwaukee in February? I just It just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and in my opinion, if this is okay, like three weeks from now, if his hamstring is okay, Nuggets dodged a bullet. Because if it, that hammy grabs on you the wrong way, the way that it has to me in the past, and this is the actual reason that I don't play basketball anymore, it's because of my right hamstring. Um, I, you know, I, I, I popped it, um, ended up in the hospital, went through rehab. Uh, I thought it came off the bone. Went through rehab for weeks and weeks, months and months and months. Came back just in an effort to try to play basketball again. I was able to play again. Got through. I don't know, three, four uh, uh, sessions of playing, popped it in the first game of a on a Saturday morning, have never played since, and I still feel the lingering effects of it even after months of rehab for a second time. Now, I don't, I'm not getting the, the resources of an NBA uh, player, but I'm telling you guys, these soft tissue injuries, look at Cooper Cup at the highest level of the NFL, couldn't get his hamstring right for like six months. Greg Dulcich for the Denver Broncos, tight end, has gone to IR four different times with the same injury. A hamstring. You don't mess around with it. And I don't want to get, keep carrying on here, but I thought it was so short-sighted to play KCP uh, in, in, in with two games left in the All-Star break. When you have a natural built-in break, he's missed legitimate time with it. Just shut him down until after the break. So if everything's okay, the Nuggets dodged a bullet because that was a, uh, uh, a green light on him playing that totally lacked wisdom. Totally. Okay, let me get off my hamstring uh, soapbox. Uh, Jamal Murray is banged up. Um, he's got, you know, tendonitis or shin splints, you know, uh, tibia, whatever. Um, it, it's, uh, and, you know, not ideal. But I will say this. Unless Jamal Murray was hurt before the game and was hurt all 18 minutes that he played, then he shouldn't have been out there. But if that's not true and the injury crept up during the game, it's another game to point to where it's like, where is Jamal? You know, as much credit we, we as we give him for big games, find me another player in the NBA that strings together back-to-back -to -back games of 28 points or more followed by a game with 15 points or more. It's the same thing that Michael Malone asked him years ago. Uh, would love J Jamal just to be 23 points a game every single night. And obviously not exactly 23, but anywhere between 20 and 26, whatever. And it's so up and down. It's, you know... Just look at the last calendar month. Look at the last 30 days. Like three points in 18 minutes. What was that tracking to be? A miserable performance. Look at the game in Sacramento Friday night. 12 points in 26 minutes on four of 10 shooting. Um, just not a factor. Just not a factor. The game before that had 29 and on a big stage. Go figure. That's who he is, right? Um, 
back-to-back games against Portland. One game's over 20, one game's under 15. Uh, you have a 35-point game against the Bucs. You follow it up with a 16-point game um, you know, against Oklahoma City. Uh, you have a 31-point game on the road in Indiana, and the next night it's nine points against the New York Knicks. That's just This is all within the last 30 days. So it's so helter-skelter. It's so Jekyll and Hyde. And, um, you know, it's we're going to talk about this until we don't have to. Like, we, we used to do this with Jokic. We used to do it with Jokic all the time. And we've talked about it through the years here on this podcast. Um, Jamal's just still not there yet for one reason or another. You tell me. You tell me what the reason is, okay? I, I'm like, have a magnifying glass looking for the answer to that question. I, I, I don't know. And now he's banged up, so not ideal. Um, this team got, uh, after having two years of horrible injury, um, you know, derailment of seasons, man, they, they had a, a, a sustained green light a year ago that propelled them to a championship. This team has to be healthy when the playoffs start or none of this matters. They don't have great depth, right? We've talked about for months this, you know, um, up and down lackluster bench in general. Um, they can't afford to get someone hurt, which is why it was so dumb to play KCP when he's already already talked about that. Going to move on. Um, okay. Uh, but, 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 but I think that's most of what I wanted to get to from um, this week. There's one more game left ahead of the All-Star break. It is on Wednesday night against the same Sacramento Kings that just beat them uh, by, I don't know, 29 points or whatever it was. So we'll see what kind of effort uh, they have. It would kind of suck to go into the All-Star break on a three-game losing streak. Would it be the end of the world? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, But it would be annoying and bothersome to Michael Malone, (laughs) most of of all. Um, The other thing I wanted to get to here is um, the NBA uh, straw poll from ESPN. Tim Bomtemps, he has uh, made this a cottage industry. They're now doing it on the NHL side, too, which had uh, uh, revealed a week ago that Nathan McKinnon was the overwhelming favorite to win the Hart Trophy on the NHL side, which is their MVP. And then, of course, McKinnon follows up with three games in a row without a point um, after having one pointless uh, game, like going back to the middle of November. So bad timing on that following that straw poll um, on the hockey side. But on the basketball side, Tim Bomtemps has um, has really uh, carved a niche for himself in this straw poll. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers star center Joel Embiid, he is officially out. We knew that um, earlier uh, last week. So now we have the results. We have the results. Jokic is an overwhelming favorite to win NBA MVP. Overwhelming. Uh, this is done by 100 league insiders, okay? Uh, of the 100 first-place votes, Jokic got 69 of the 100 first-place votes. Um, Shea Gildress-Alexander had 24 first-place votes, which was second to Jokic's 69. The next most th- first-place votes was Luka Doncic, who got three. Giannis got two. But so beyond Jokic and SGA in Oklahoma City, there's no one else to really speak of um, in the MVP race, okay? Uh, now... The Nuggets are going to need to keep winning games. I think this is going to be a, a more of a relevant factor in this now new MVP race between Jokic and, and Shea Gildress-Alexander because both teams are right next to each other in the Western Conference. And if it's close, you could see for some people using uh, the better record, especially if one team is legitimately better, say three, four games, uh, five games ahead of them in the Western Conference standings, 
Right now it's tight, so it you know, doesn't look like that's going to be the case, but a lot can change. We, we have uh, you know, quite a bit of games left up after the All-Star break. So you could see if like Oklahoma City finishes with, finishes with the one seed and then the Nuggets are the four seed. You could see that maybe breaking some ties for some people. I think this is now Jokic's to lose. Um, if he wants to win this award, he will win this award. It's just a matter of the first question. Does he actually want to win the award? Um, now, here's what I would caution uh, people with when looking at these results and saying, hey, Jokic has this in the bag. He does not have this in the bag. He does not have this in the bag. Uh, Shea Gildress Alexander could give him a real run for his money. All right. Uh, in, the, in the first draw poll, SGA was outside of the top three. Now he's two. He's super likable. He's on a fun team. He's a scorer. Uh, first, second, and third. I and mean, that's easy for people to digest. He's an isolation scorer. I think people traditionally like watching that. Um, and again, it's very easy for some people to digest. Um, not that Jokic is not, but but SGA is more of a traditional, you know, NBA MVP and what that looks like. Um, but I want to mention this because this is important. Despite Jokic claiming 69 first place votes, okay, in the last two years, in the last two years, the leader in the second iteration of the straw poll, the guy who finished second actually jumps over the guy who finished his first in the second straw poll. Does that make sense? I know it's, it's, it's kind of jumbled there. So they do multiple straw polls, right? In the second one, whoever's leading in the last two years has not actually won. So last year, Jokic was leading. He lost to Embiid, who was second. The year before that, Embiid was leading, Jokic was second, and Jokic eventually won. So just something I like drawing from history. Um, it can often be our guide uh, when we're forecasting stuff. So um, we'll keep our eye on that and see if that trend continues. But I think this is a this is a real, real race. This is not a foregone conclusion. Um, and SGA, by the way, would join only Steve Nash as the only Canadian to win the award if he goes on and does that. Okay. Um, Guys, uh, that is going to do it uh, for uh, this edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. All right. Um, I encourage you to like this. Uh, if you're watching the video on YouTube, uh, like it, subscribe to it, um, turn the alerts on so you never miss a video. Leave a comment. Um, you could also hit me up on my own YouTube channel. Uh, there's a video up there um, that, um, gosh, I put it up last week. It's got like near 10,000 views, a bunch of comments, and it's why... Jokic is going to have uh, uh, going to make people have some real uncomfortable conversations uh, by this summer, which we talked a little bit on the podcast last week. But if you want to see it, it's full video form uh, in my own home setup. You can find me on YouTube. Just type in my name. It'll come right up. Um, guys, we're going to leave it there for now. Whatever happens on Wednesday night in the final game before the All-Star break against the Sacramento Kings, you can be sure we'll be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast.